and those of us who are determined to plant the seed that grows from an acorn into a big tree know it takes a long time. Plant the seed that grows from an acorn into a big tree. Plant the seed that grows from an acorn into a big tree. Plant the seed that grows from an acorn into a big tree. And you have the seed that is taken from cows in the south and taken from cows in the north, put together in the same factory, and then it is mixed together with an acorn and it comes out as a big tree. Okay, take two. Yo, it's Jack. I am back home now and have been for about a week uh, from Southampton Transformed. Um, and last night I uh, made an amazing discovery, which was that I had actually recorded just over an hour of the Real Politic pub quiz that myself and Juliet Jakes presented at that event. I had thought that I hadn't recorded it at all. Um, I briefly blamed Tom for this because he rang me whilst we were doing it. However, I conducted an experiment upon returning to uh, my hotel, after which Tom was exonerated. I found that actually a call wouldn't interrupt a recording on my phone, so um, luckily before Tom and I spoke, I, I knew that he was in the clear, and obviously it, it, it wasn't his, wouldn't have been his fault anyway. But anyway, it turns out that although for some reason I didn't record the answers, I did record the rest of it. So this is called The Great Reality Collapse, Absurdities in British Politics, 2015 to 19. That's Juliet's name not mine. Full credit to Juliet for all the work she put in on this quiz and I hope you enjoy it. Oh, by the way, the winner of the quiz received a lunchbox full of milk, um, Baileys, croissants, hummus, falafel, uh, and there was a bonus glass of milk as well. Um, which I had to go and sort of force upon the winning team. I didn't like throw it on them. I didn't. I, I didn't milkshake them. They weren't fascists. But I did have to put my foot down with the milk. Okay, enjoy. Opposing the government and opposing the conservatives. I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And of course, we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any who dissent. Who are the hard left, well, We know who the hard left are. <laughs> in the you know, ascendancy I, I, within, the, within the Labour Party who associate with the hard left. You just said so that we were right, right, to right wing. Yeah. The hard left agenda. Printing money, nationalisation without compensation, that's a hard left wing position. Hard left, the 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 hard left, hard left, hard left, the hard left, the hard left, 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 hard left,
Projector is trying to steal the show from Object us. Object being the operative word, as you're about to see. Um, so, yeah, now we need to refocus it. So that's good. Um, so that's the title of the quiz, as has previously twice now been explained. Um, so, yeah, if we go on to, uh, on to the next slide. This is a, a real politic quiz, TM. So, Even though Juliet came up with most of it. Round one uh, is about the Edstone. Uh, which you you may remember from 2015, which feels like forever ago. Um, so we're going to have uh, five questions about the Edstone for round one. Um, there's, well, there's there's four questions and then a fifth question which has several answers. So you get one point for each of those. So question one: Where was the Edstone unveiled? And you get a point just for the type of place it was, not the specific town. And just for a record, at, at the end of this round, we're gonna we're gonna go through the answers. 
Juliet probably already said that. Did you say that? No. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, a bit more on the format. Um, actually, yeah, I forgot to do that. So a bit more on the format. So we've got... Um, we're going, we, we've given you the picture round. Uh, and as you can see, the picture round is terrible Brexit art. Uh, and you just have to name the artist, and we'll take those in at the end, and just write the name of the artist next to the picture, because we forgot to put it on the answer sheet. Um, we're going to have a bonus round at one point, which has got its own specific prize that we went to the shops to get. Um, and um, we've already had the video around, which just involved you watching my games. Yeah, you didn't have to actually answer anything. Um, and we've also got um, several rounds of questions. You can see we've got five rounds of questions. I think we'll do the bonus round at the end. Um, so we'll just get on with it. So yeah, question one, round one, was where was the Edstone unveiled? What type of place? How long we given them to answer these questions? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. However long we feel if it's appropriate. Just talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk amongst themselves. Question two? People ready for question two? Yes. Okay, how much did the Edstone cost? And we'll accept the answer to the nearest thousand pounds. Question three. Who described the Edstone as a quote unquote weird commie slab? <laughs> Question four is a slightly more convoluted question. Yeah, um, and maybe you could give us some kind of signal when you're done, like, 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 like you know, applauding, we have applauding to me and Juliet, shouting, <laughs> go Jack, Juliet, you're a legend, etc. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. So, Jack, shall I? Okay, so question four, this is a slightly longer question. So, the Labour Party in 2015 uh, did not include the Edstone on their electoral spending return. As a result, they got investigated by the Electoral Commission. <laughs> who found other omissions and charged them under the Political Parties, Elections and Referendums Act 2000. Labour were fined a record amount for overspending by the Electoral Commission. Uh, how much were they fined? <laughs> and again, just have a have a stab at <laughs> The next question is hard. How? How could that be hard? Oh, you'll see. Nah, this one's an easy. I won't actually say. Nope. <laughs> I've got a feeling this might be quite a low-scoring quiz. But remember, even if you win with a low score, you still win. So you know, those vouchers could still be yours. <laughs> Oh, when I say vouchers, it's cash. Even if you come last, his cash voucher could be yours. Um, <laughs> um, right, all right, let's go, let's go. What were, this is question five, what were the six pledges on the Edstone? One point for each. Yeah. And we, we'll accept approximations. Yeah. And as a clue, one of them was also on a mug. <laughs> 
best one. <laughs> so we'll give them a wild deal. <laughs> so Jack, shall we mark this round straight away? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Everyone swap papers and go through the answers. Oh, okay. So we'll go through the answers for each round. round, round. Uh, yeah, round by yeah, that yeah, might I be think better. That might be yeah. People will be less hanging on tenterhooks. Yeah, yeah. And they'll be able to catch. Uh, and they answer the phone. Yeah, and they can follow their own progress as they yeah, go along. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. This would spread laughs out throughout the show. Hi, recording. You can hear me and Juliet doing a lot of behind-the-scenes shit on here, and this is why you go to Real Politic. It's the, the exclusive stuff. Podcast Sweet Two One Two may not be running anymore, but we're still doing Brexit content. <laughs> exactly, we're deconstructing this shit. Is there time for me to get a drink? Oh, I reckon. So. Ah, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're going to do the answers next anyway. Yeah. So. yeah, and then should we trade for next uh, the next questions? One, one each. Yeah, like, yeah. Like and we'll do we'll do the meet together. Yeah. 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 That's all round two. <laughs> this might have to be a real politic recording. I actually edit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Generally, I want to uh, maintain that verite approach for the live recordings. But I figure, you know, Thin Lizzy live and dangerous. There's loads of overdubs on that. <laughs> so, Jack, should we wait till Quinn gets back? That's How long do you think she's good at all? Yeah, uh, we, we, I think we should... We've got a couple more minutes to remember the headstone pages. Yeah. TikTok. Uh, Jack, bear in mind, it's probably going to be loads of arguments about whether things are acceptable. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, well, we'll let people put their hands up in a polite and orderly fashion uh, if they want to dispute something with us. <laughs> Alright, Gwyn's on her way back. Almost done. Get thinking up those pledges while you can. Okay, um, we're... we're we're just marking this round now, so... Oh, okay. Um, we're, we're calling time on the Edstone. I can keep that up for now, bro. So, uh, swap your answer paper with the, like, team next to you. So, has everyone swapped their answer paper? Guys, redistribution of answer papers, please. Do you prefer that to do it all and then mark it all at the end? What do you reckon? Like, for some debate over whether we should do a round and then mark it or do the whole thing. Oh, we can do this democratically. Do you want to do a round and then mark it? No. No. Okay. Okay. Do so you want to do the whole quiz and mark it all at the end? All right, we'll do that. The marking is off. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so, so we're now waiting. I guess you guys are now wanting some round two, some serious second round right here. Yeah. So ten questions here on things that happened. Um, in the summer and autumn of 2015. So yeah, there's your boy, your absolute boy. Um, so the first five questions of this round are about Jeremy Corbyn and the British press in the summer of 2015. Um, a good kind of working knowledge or at least sort of ability to guess 
by the stupid centrist pundits saying stupid things is going to help you out in this round. Um, Jack, maybe you want to start. Uh, okay, um, so question one of round two. Which pundit responded to the first poll putting Jeremy Corbyn ahead in the leadership election of summer 2015 by tweeting, people need to get a grip. Jeremy Corbyn is not going to be elected Labour leader. <laughs> Sorry, the only the one thing I had to do. It's fine, we, we worked out. Wrong prediction. But that's just for later. We, we could swap these actually, because that's got my notes on it. Oh, well, like, for like when we do the answers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, question two. Which Guardian columnist wrote on the 15th of June 2015 that Liz Kendall has proved that there is a sizable level of support for Blairite politics? <laughs> With Dawn Foster, yes, well done, Dawn. Oh, that's cheating. The only way to continue in their employment was to write stuff like that. <laughs> that's why they don't commission me anymore. <laughs> you, all, um, you all put your answer down for that one? Not yet, not yet. Not yet? Okay. Keep doing it. That's such a great quote. <laughs> Sizable level of support for Blair iPod. Four and a half percent. I love that stuff. It is a size. <laughs> that is a size, yeah. <laughs> it's like all, all the triumphant headlines when Change UK fall. Like the odds are against them, but they may just change politics. <laughs> we'll come back to that. Yes, absolutely. Right. So the next question refers to the picture. Yes. So now now that you've had you have more than enough time there. Now, <laughs> how did the Times describe Jeremy Corbyn's bicycle? I just almost tripped over the chair behind me. Southampton Transport, then we're fucked. Southampton Transport, oh, it's great. The real politics guy died. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything before that was free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like a real Alan Partridge thing. Like, they judge me on that every, you know, 12 hours. The chair has been removed. Yeah. I am alive and well. To some extent. Question four. Which country did the Telegraph think that Corbyn's economic policies would lead the UK to resemble if they were put into practice? We're actually going to deduct points if you get this one particularly wrong. Yeah, there's a QI style like, don't pick this answer, answer. Yeah, sorry, we don't make the rules. I mean, oh, well. I, I made that. Yeah, I don't make the rules. Juliet did blame her. I think I'm going to need to rely on your judgement for when the next question should be. I, I think you can go now. Alright, we all, we all come up with a bicycle comparison? Okay. Question five. In their dystopian short story, A Thousand Days That Destroyed Britain, imagining the first three years of a Corbyn government, who did 
the Mail on Sunday think would be Corbyn's chief of staff? <laughs> Looks like she's doing a mic games milk. Very <laughs> Probably doesn't get to cycle as much these days, does he? Not really. Security threats and busyness. Exactly. Yeah. Bless. <laughs> what 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 round? So we're doing. Going straight to the yeah, yeah, okay, um, can we have the next slide, please? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this, this, this makes me think, uh, last night, like the other night I watched the three new episodes of Black Mirror, and I, 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 I feel it's got way too uh, reliant on romance. Like, I, I much preferred it when it was just David Cameron romancing a pig in the face. <laughs> So, the next question uh, in this Piggate section of the round, um, which I remember Dawn calling the prosciutto affair, which would have been much better. <laughs> um, but we have a really lazy and adjective press, so even when they're handed this set of circumstances, they're like, well, let's just call it Piggate. <laughs> so, speaking of newspapers, which newspaper broke the story that David Cameron, the leader of the Conservative Party and Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, once had sex with a pig while at Oxford University to get into a weird secret society for posh people? Which newspaper broke that story? Alright. Which Tory Lord... I'll repeat. Which Tory Lord wrote the book in which the revelation was revealed. <laughs> Whoever said some arsehole there. You get a point. I just realised we've not been given question numbers for these, so we'll come from here, we'll, uh, I'll, you know, we'll I'll apologise and just say yes, this question. 2015, what a time, eh? Housing days. <laughs> This is Jack in voiceover now, but basically at this point I find a pair of drumsticks that are broken on stage. When you realise you're on stage brandishing a sharp yeah, and, you know, yelling about like Mr. Seamus Milne. Okay, so sorry, I apologise. I realise we haven't been numbering those questions. So this next question is question eight of that round. Yeah. Three. This is question three of the second half. Yeah. Alright, oh, okay, yeah, so question three of the second half, sorry, this is, this is I've not run a pub quiz before. <laughs> this is the third I that's coming in first. Yeah. <laughs> so question three of part two of round two. <laughs> Volume five. Son of Hopefully keeping traveling stage. So anyway, uh, question three is which journalist co-wrote the book uh, about David Cameron? Um, oh no, another health hazard. Sorry, I won't lob any more projectiles into the audience. Right, you want the next question? Yeah, you do. Okay, we, thank you for the affirmative question for What was the name of the secret society that Cameron had hoped to join? Wait a minute, it's not a secret. 
Got revealed in a book. We don't make the rules for weird posh Oxbridge clubs. <laughs> oh no, I fucking you did. I'm like my back. I'm gonna just do it anyway. Yeah, do, do like, it anyway. This, this is too hard. So yeah. I'm sorry. This is what you get from improvising. Or just you basically using my Twitter outtakes on stage. I forgot to do that the other day. So, question five and the final question of this round. Uh, and this is more of a listening exercise, really, because like Jack has already given the answer away. <laughs> but we're going to go with it anyway. Um, which television programme had previously run the storyline in which the Prime Minister had to have sex with a pig? <laughs> I know the West Wing really went off the rails, didn't it? <laughs> what was the Prime Minister even doing in a show about America? Sending the NHS. <laughs> <laughs> The guy holding the pig there looks a bit like David Letterman. Is any yeah, yeah. US talk show host? Am I right? Before he got the beard and went on Netflix. This is the most niche quiz I've ever attended. Yeah. Wait, wait for the David Letterman round. Actually, this next round is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, at least Letterman's genuinely famous, unlike most of, at least in America, unlike most of our next uh, targets. Ridiculously good or ridiculously good? Yeah, ridiculously good. Ridiculously online. Visual one next, then. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, people have the extra rounds. Oh, yeah, yeah. George, where's the, where's the pizza? <laughs> George, where's the pizza? This is the true question of your yeah. You're a boy. Yeah, you're just, 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 you know, we 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 definitely got to uh, do this at a quick pace. But on the other hand, you can't skim from banter. It's got to be banter. You know? It is. It, uh, we're between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. Should we get on to the next round? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so no one knows the answer to these things. All right. Yeah. <laughs> we have everyone's attention. Round three. Can we have the next slide, please? Uh, oh no, we need to go. Whoa. So that's for the picture round, Whoa. so I hope you're all so thinking about the art of Brexit and writing in the names of, you know, Brexit artists uh, such as this one. Uh, you can skip on to the next one. We only need her for a minute. <laughs> so that's just a taste of what's to come. Now, uh, Juliet, this the, the Brexit art round. It's really you know your kind of passion project. <laughs> Again, that's not very nice about Juliet. She's trying her best up here. These questions are quite obscure, but you know I feel like uncalled for. Um, this was my choice for Labour leader. Uh, you all remember the Arg for Leader campaign. Um, so the next round, round three is on summer 2016 and the Labour leadership contest. Um, these are like pretty obscure, even for us, actually. Um, oh, God. I thought 
so just try and like guess them or something if you can't remember. Um, so question one, round three, question one. So <laughs> Angela Eagle and Owen Smith were briefly contesting the Labour leadership race at the same time. What did Smith say set him apart from Corbyn and Eagle? <laughs> what did he say set him apart? <laughs> so someone knows it. <laughs> so, I'm sure you're all well versed in the gaps of Owen Smith, so we can move on fairly quickly, I think. What was the name of the man? Sorry, I'm doing this like Mike Gates, doing like one word, like every five seconds. And you have. Yeah, we all know. We all noticed it. Anyway, what was the name of the man to whom Corbyn was alleged to have confessed at the Maison Don Philippe Tapas restaurant in South London to voting leave in the 2016 EU referendum? So what was anyone gets this? What was the man's name? Jeremy Corbyn's closest confidants here, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> we got some pizza. So, question three. Question three. We'll stop the pizza. Carry on, carry on. Carry on. Carry on. So, question three. Round three, question three. Um, how did Labour MP Conor McGinn allege that Corbyn threatened to retaliate to public criticisms of his leadership? <laughs> so we want to that again. How did the Labour MP Conor McGinn allege that Corbyn had threatened to retaliate to his criticisms of Corbyn's leadership? <laughs> the answer to this question is indeed, that's vegan. <laughs> I didn't hear the question. So you need the question again. Yeah. So question three. How did Labour MP Conor McGinn allege that Corbyn had threatened to retaliate to McGinn's criticisms of Corbyn's leadership? Yeah, Someone fucking knows it. <laughs> Someone is going to know every one of these, I think. Like one person. We don't count. <laughs> I saw Dawn's face light up. On yeah. the, I think was it this one or the previous one? <laughs> so someone knows. Uh, put the next slide up. Yeah. Oh, Juliet. Yeah. Do you reckon I, I kind of it's a bit mealy mouthed that question? So I think you'll get the YPG Bob Grogan game one. Uh, Shall I do that one? Yeah, I, well, I think I'm doing the next one would be me anyway at the rate we're I'm, doing. I'm going to change this slightly. I'm just going to say which group did Owen Smith say he would negotiate with. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that's much funnier. All right. We got another hot button question for you here. Question four. Owen Smith quickly adopted Corbyn's policy of banning zero-hour contracts. But what did Smith suggest replacing zero-hour contracts with? 
I hope we don't get forgotten in the pizza because you know, it's hard work. Yeah, we, 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 well, we get any pizza? Unfortunately, um, I think the meat ones have been taken. Okay. So it's either vegetarian meat. That's cool, yeah. I might just get a classic real quality meat on so you yeah? Yeah, so we'd be on we'd be on the ice. Okay. So question five. Question five. Um, during the leadership hustings um, with Victoria Derbyshire, uh, where Jeremy Corbyn and Owen Smith were both asked how they would resolve the conflict in the Middle East. Which group did Owen Smith say he'd be prepared to negotiate with? <laughs> Murmurs of recognition for this one. <laughs> Juliet did a good job with this question. What I wrote down here is incredibly long and convoluted. Wouldn't be very funny. Right, I mean, I'm sure you can guess that one. So, on to question six. For one point each, which alliterative trio of things did Smith tweet that he and his wife would be enjoying on their wedding anniversary. So which alliterative trio of things, three things, beginning with the same letter, did Smith say him and his wife were going to be enjoying on their anniversary? One point for each. Although, actually, he said he wouldn't, in fact, have one of these things, as it was too soft and middle class. But you don't get any points for knowing that. Oh, you've got a good question to read next. <laughs> so, question seven. At one of his rallies, uh, where he gave out free ice cream, um, a reporter came up to Owen Smith and said, can I ask you a personal question? Um, what number did Owen Smith give in response in inches? <laughs> and we'll accept sort of maybe two or three out either way. Yeah. What was the question? Which alliterative trio of things, so three, three things, did Smith say he and his wife would be enjoying on their wedding anniversary? Okay. Okay, good. Did you just want, did you just want me to say alliterative trio again? So, yeah, question eight. I'm ready. Question eight. What did Owen Smith, uh, and by the way, we'll accept variations on what he said here because lots of people remember this but use slightly different words to what I think he actually said. But that, that counts in my view. It's the ecstatic truth. It's what he meant to say. Anyway, what did Smith tell the Daily Mirror showed him to be a proven winner, you know, a born leader? What did he say in his life 
illustrated that he was the man for the job of leadership. I think somebody's kind of <laughs> Do you want to repeat question two? So, question two um, What was the name of the man to whom Corbyn allegedly confessed at a tapas restaurant in South London to voting leave in the 2016 European Union referendum? <laughs> yeah, he wrote to me personally. Is that a repeated question? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Ah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. Somebody. Need some clarification. Um, that photo is horrific. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> it's the least self-confident thing I've ever seen. Was <laughs> that when he showed up in Liverpool? Like, two people showed up and they were to get yeah. ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> he was giving out free ice cream at his rallies. Yeah. Uh, there were about two people there for the ice cream and one of them was wearing a Corbyn t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're on to question nine in this round. And you have the question nine. So question nine. Before entering politics, Smith worked for the pharmaceutical company Pfizer. Which Pfizer product did Smith assure the BBC that he personally had no need to use? And you can probably guess this one. Sorry, what was question eight? Question eight. That was, what did Sorry? Oh, well, yeah, probably, for sure. We'll see. You all, you all got that one? Got something down for it? Okay. Question 10. What did Owen Smith claim was the smoking gun that proved once and for all that momentum was a modern-day answer to divisive 1980s Trotskyist sect, the militant tendency? So, what did Owen Smith say was the smoking gun that proved that, you know, Momentum was just militant too? What about Momentum? We've got all the quotes for the, the uh, answers round, by the way, so we can prove all this stuff was genuinely said by some fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so, are we doing all the rounds now? Uh, yeah, I think we'll watch it. Yeah, okay. It's Tim Farron now, like, no one's going to get any of these. So ah, we might get the first one. It's, it's going to be it's gonna be great. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I want to hear people's guesses as yeah, well. Right, I want to yeah, know yeah. what crap people come up with to try it. Uh, I'm, I'm alright for now. I think it's probably the same uh, this is rock and roll. I'm stalking the stage like Mick Jagger, eating food. <laughs> You're the key to for that. That's your equivalent of a cigarette dangling out of your mouth. All right. Yeah. We're going to move on to round four now. It's a round that's very dear to my heart. Round four is the 2017 general election round. Yeah! And we're actually going to study the 2017 general election through a very close focus on personally my favourite figure from the campaign. Can we have the next slide, please? Just take it in, take in the milky goodness, in your own time. Anyway, 
So, a lot of you have probably filed Tim Farron in that sort of bit of your brain for things you'll never need to know again. Um, Wrong. So, you know, we're not expecting this to be a high scoring round. Yeah. Um, which of us is going first, Julia? Who wants to kick off the round? You go first. Okay, so okay this, one. Is, this is my passion project. Uh, a bit, the, the pictures were yours and uh, Farron is mine. I wrote a play about it, you know. <laughs> Question one. Soon after becoming Lib Dem leader in 2015, Farron claimed that his Twitter account had been hacked. The alleged hacker had tweeted the British Humanist Society to tell them that homosexuality is indeed curable as, and I quote, most sexual disorientations are caused by a process called chemical leaching. Which two types of creature did Farron, or Farron's tweet, claim had fallen victim to the homosexualizing process of chemical leaching? Get half a point for each. Two creatures being turned again. Which ones? <laughs> Most of these questions are about gay cures. <laughs> Yeah, all good. Um, so we on question two? Question two. Take so, away, Julia. round four, question two. Round four, question two. Um, what was the name of the so-called Gay Cure charity from which Farron had uh, sourced interns previously? The name of a charity that advocates a cure for homosexuality from whom Tim Farron was revealed by The Guardian in 2012 to have sourced interns. What's her name? <laughs> oh, I've got the next question. I, lo I love this one. This is like, this is my favourite. No one's going to get this. That's the fun of it, though. Yeah. You don't want people to get everything. <laughs> Especially jokes. But the fewer people that laugh, the funnier your jokes are. That's how it works. So, Jack, if you, on this one, if you want to do the first questions, because then you get the gate spot. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> uh, Jack, I'll introduce that round. Okay, okay, brilliant. Okay, I think you get it. All right, so, in a similar vein to the previous two questions, Question three. During the 2017 election, Lib Dem candidate Susan King was asked to defend Farron's controversial, controversial views on whether or not gay sex is a sin. Now, how did... do it right. That's not what she said, but what did Lib Dem candidate Susan King say to put minds at rest over the issue of Farron's controversial views on gay rights? What, what did she say? Uh, <laughs> wasn't that either. Would have been a much better answer. <laughs> yeah. That Susan King thing gets me every time. I remember when I found that article. So I'm just like, not another thing. on to question four. Okay. So question four. Question four of this round. What provoked a senior Lib Dem source to say of Farron? Which bit of the sanctimonious, god-bothering, treacherous little shit is there not to like? <laughs> so question four, why did the senior Liberal Democrat call Tim Farron a sanctimonious, god-bothering, treacherous little shit? <laughs> Sorry, I need to hear that again. 
So question four, why? Why did it sound like a Neil Hamburger joke? Um, question four, why did a senior Lib Dem call Farron a sanctimonious, God-bothering, treacherous little shit? Is it because he is one? That may be part of it. Oh, it's great, we can illustrate our next question. <laughs> so, have you, all, you all got your guesses together for that one? I'll give you a second, because it, it, you know, might have to strain your mind. You have one more question on Tim Farron, want you to really savour it, because you're never going to have to think about him again. <laughs> but yeah, really, rack your brains for all Farron's misdeeds here, you know. Um, now we're on to question five. And we are able to illustrate this point with photographic evidence and pizza. No, not with pizza. Why was Farron? Why was Farron famously pictured? Famously, look, it's up on the screen there. Famous. What are you talking about? Holding a picture. Why was he famously pictured holding a bottle of milk with a look of pure agony on his face? <laughs> Now, I can't get to the root of the agony, and I don't expect you lot to either, but how did he come to be doing a photo op with milk? Connoisseurs may know there are fucking loads of these pictures, and each one is weirder than the last. I've got a in my I mean, the agony was probably just thinking about the gay frogs, wasn't it? As the artist Laura Oldfield Ford said on seeing these for the first time, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I'm so hyped for the next round, guys. You the next round's good, guys. You thought this round was good? Wait, you didn't? What? <laughs> Does anyone need any of the Tim Farron questions again? I just want the ones that they got Tim That was all of them. A little bit longer to think about the life and work of Tim Farron. <laughs> Look, I, Before I, we I, think about the life and work of some true liberal heroes. I spent a year thinking about him to write a play. I, I will make all of you think about him. <laughs> right, that's enough thinking about Tim Farron. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah, totally. Enough Can we have the next slide, please? You knew they were coming. Let's give it up for the heroes of Change UK, the independent group for Change Please guys, a standing ovation, a bit lazy, a bit sitting on your ass like that. They achieved so much, can we please take a moment to think about all of their many, many achievements? Alright, that's done. Yeah. <laughs> the two separate entities, Change UK and the Independent Group. Yeah. What about the Alternative UK? Yeah. What? We'll come on to them. Is that Chukka? Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. This is Chukka, like, flying solo. But there is also a campaign to make Chukka leader of the Lib Dem or something. <laughs> 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 all things to all people, he'll say anything. Oh, let's, ha let's have Gates run against Chukka in the Lib Dems, so both, both the Cuptig factions are going oh, at each other in the Lib Dems. Hopefully that's next year's quiz, yeah. Um. Okay, question one of the Change UK, the independent group, for Change Now, my Gates round. <laughs> Which independent group MP had to apologise for saying something racist on BBC TV within three hours of the group's launch. So, who was first out of the gate with the racist gaps? <laughs> oh, I'd like 
to stare at this picture. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. It's perfect. It's Chris Leslie at the back. Heidi Allen's sort of weird, smart expression, like super looking really like the CBC Please look No one wants to look Leslie next to me. It's just like stuck at the end. So. Question two on Change UK, the independent group for change now. Question two. On the second day of their existence, we're only on day two, this is brilliant. <laughs> on the second day of Change UK, the independent group for change now's existence, how did they react to accusations of racism? What did they say was motivating the accusations? Mr. Shameless <laughs> That's not the answer. I'm not spoiling these questions. Again. Yeah, it's always. <laughs> I mean, they pretty much. Basically, what the backlash against them was, like, how would they describe this or, or uh, typify uh, the response they received? <laughs> I know. Uh, Happy day. Oh god. I, I, the moment before it all collapsed. This made me angry when it first came really? out. Yeah, I kind of decided for oh, Their fucking smug, <laughs> smiling faces. It made me want to throw a brick through the wall. Well, do you want to do the next question? Yes, I do. Alright, we've got a very, very special, very important question for you all here. Question three. Question three. When criticised on Twitter, Mike Gates. Hear it for Mike Gates. <laughs> Mike Gates, when criticised on Twitter, will invariably ask his detractors what the weather is like in which Russian city. What is the weather like in blank this time of year, comrades? Oh, and you like Russia, you should know this. <laughs> <laughs> Owen's written a book called What's the Weather Like? <laughs> so, question four. Question four on Change UK, the independent group for change now. Sorry, they can't be all about Gates, guys. I told Jack he was allowed one Gates question. And I broke that. And you'll see in the next round, he just favourably disobeyed me. <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> so question four. How did the head of Gavin Shuka's constituency Labour Party respond when he was asked about Shuka's resignation from Labour? <laughs> oh, he would be he would be relegated to the dustbin of history or something. <laughs> <laughs> the other teams might hear you. <laughs> Ah. They are ridiculously hard. <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing has kind of been a farce. <laughs> but I, I, I like farce. If we find them funny. Yeah, if we find them funny. We'll be the judges of that. Okay. <laughs> We've got this in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you want to do the next one? Okay, yes. Um, now, question five. Question five. How did Chukarumuna respond to criticisms of the party's branding, including its frequent name changes and inability to settle on a colour? And again, we'll accept approximations here. Yeah, how did Chukar describe the criticisms? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I like this next one. I'll remember to say the question number next time, Julia. Saying this publicly so people can hold me to it. So, what 
Yeah. 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 How did the former interim change UK the independent group leader Heidi Allen refer to the independent groups HQ? So how did Heidi Allen refer to the independent groups HQ? What did she call it? This this question, Juliet and I co-wrote it. Juliet wrote the question and I added in the word former. <laughs> um, yeah, this made me really angry the first time I heard it. Because um, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, question seven's about to... <laughs> Oh, this is so good. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's your one, Jack. Oh, cool. Okay, I'll remember the number. Okay. So, question seven. Give me a, give me a second for my Heidi Allen uh, name, of the HQ. name of the HQ question. Alright. So, question seven. What happened to the independent group's original Twitter account, at the in the group, when they changed it to at for change underscore now? So, what happened to the app when they gave it up in favour of a different app? <laughs> it's brilliant. I love these guys. I already missed them. I, I just can't stop. We need to get this off screen because I can't just stop looking round at it and, and, and just going. Ah. Do you want to like play? I've had the time of my life. <laughs> so, um, question eight. Uh, Change UK, the independent group, only ever fought one set of elections, which of course were the recent European elections. Uh, which famous atheist was denied a place on their slate? <laughs> one, of, one of our foremost so, public... Which famous atheist applied to be on Change UK, the independent group's um, European election slate and got turned down? It was Dawn Foster, everyone gets a point for Dawn Foster. <laughs> Nobody gets a point for Dawn Foster. <laughs> Dawn Catholicism, no prisoners taken. <laughs> Who's dead? <laughs> Gates? No! No! My castle's died! You've got questions on that? Have you ever seen this? Three. Uh... I think so. Three. Yeah, I'm not sure. Oh, do you go to the hospital? Yeah. We'll be a little bit, we can't. Yeah, but something later when it's 24 hours. Yeah, 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 okay. Well, I tell you what, Jack, maybe in the first 48 hours and then it's definitely wrong. Yeah! Yeah. Good thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, am I reading this one? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. I think you're ready. Oh. Okay. You all got your famous atheist guesses down? Not rational. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think they're right. Sam Harris is a terrible racist. So. That's, again, I'm not actually spoiling the questions. Anyway, here we go. Um, ten. Uh, no, it's nine. No, nine. Question nine. Question nine. Question See, nine. I did say the number, but I got the wrong one. Um, 
So, there are just two of us to correct things. How many Cucktig EU candidates were stood down for racist comments within the first 48 hours of their announcement? So, which... No, sorry, not which. How many? How many Cucktig candidates... Someone, someone just rang me while I'm recording this event on my phone. Very rude. Um, how, how many Cucktig standards had to stand down because of racism within the first 48 hours of their announcement as candidates? Angela Smith. <laughs> Angela Smith did not stand down. The EU was Tom Foster from a podcast calling me. Oh, right. Nice of him to show his face in some regards. <laughs> I hope he listens to it. Okay, so question 10 on Change UK, the independent group, RIP. Since they're acrimonious and not at all funny split a few days ago, how many MPs now comprise the group of independent MPs, or the independent group, and how many of them are in continuity Change UK? Half a point for each. You don't have to name them, just how many were in each group. There's, um, there's an eleventh question to this round, because Jack specifically disobeyed my very strict instructions. Basically, uh, developments happened in politics. Shit went down, the facts changed, and when the facts change, I changed my... Well, I didn't change my... Uh, yeah, I didn't change my opinions, obviously. My opinions are exactly the same. Um, more so, if anything, I, I'm more anti-change. Anyway, what's question 11? Question 11 is... After they... There's no question. There's not an 11 on the answer sheet. Well, write well, an 11 in. Write it in, in then, like you're scrawling stop Brexit. We're making it up as we go along. On your ballot paper or whatever. <laughs> Fuck Corbyn, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 this no, no, no 12. This is the last game's question he was allowed. It's like when you see a list called like 101 albums before you die. Do the, do the question. It's called... 11. After they announced their departure from Change UK, which TIG turncoats did Mike Stalin Gapes crudely crop out of his Twitter cover photo? Yeah? Do I do it for the bonus round? We've got time, it's like nine o'clock. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think we should leave it and say, look, we've got a bonus round. Um, we may not have time for it, but we'll do the tiebreak question and the first person shout out the correct answer. Oh, is, it, is it all right? Because look, this bonus round's fucking huge. Look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't got all of it on here, I don't think. What, the bonus round? Yeah, I've only got questions one and two anyway. Oh, shit, yeah, okay. So. I tell you what, we'll just we won't even do the bonus round, we'll just give the prize to the team that wins. We could do um do the gates one asking them what does it come out as? <laughs> what, as a tiebreaker. As a tiebreaker. First person shout out the correct answer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, we're gonna like skip the bonus round because we haven't really got time. So um, if everyone switches their answer papers and we'll go through the answers.
Yeah, pitch round as well, yeah. Like, if I do round one, you do round two. Okay. Should we do it like that? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. I'll do the picture round first. I'll do picture round, you do round one. Okay. Yeah. Okay, has everyone swapped papers? Everyone ready? Everyone swap papers now? There's, you've just heard the first portion of the Real Politic Pub quiz. Um, now, right now, I'm going to go through the answers for you and basically, you know, fill you in on all the stuff that you've, uh, that, you know, you, you, you'll have been, you, you'll have obviously been hanging on to our every word, kind of, all the, including the ones kind of off mic that you couldn't really hear very well. Uh, wondering what the answers to all these riveting questions are. Well, uh, let's go through them now. Um, sadly, there isn't an audience to react to me revealing the answers to the questions, but uh, so I'll try and go through it a bit quicker than we did um, in at the event itself. Um, but yeah, you know, let let let's go through these questions. I kind of lost my train of thought. Let's just let's just do the answers. So. The Ed Stone was revealed. So like, right, f fucking hell. Okay, right. Fuck's sake. I'm not. I'm not in the zone here. I need the audience to strike the terror in me that makes me perform. Um, round one, the Ed Stone, ten points. Where was the Ed Stone unveiled? The answer was a car park in Hastings and Rye. Question two: How much did the Ed Stone cost? It cost seven thousand. Six hundred and fourteen pounds, and yeah, just checking. I am recording this time. Very, uh, very good to make sure you're recording, as as I discovered uh, after the event. Um, we, however, will accept anything between seven to eight k. Uh, now, question three: Who described the Ed Stone as a weird commie slab? That could have been, you know, any member of the PLP if it was Corbyn's slab but no in this case it was Boris Johnson 4. The Labour Party did not include the Ed Stone on their electoral spending return. This led to them being investigated by the Electoral Commission who found other omissions and charged them under the Political Party's Elections and Referendums Act 2000. Labour were fined a record amount how much? And that was £20,000 so as I pointed out on stage it's all coming back to me now. The Ed Stone cost £27,614. Although I actually kind of stumbled over it and said it cost like 2700 and then quickly corrected myself or something like that. Um, so, five. What were the six pledges on the stone? There's, this is for six points, and we accepted approximations. Now, the pledges on the Edstone were number one, a strong economic foundation. Number two, higher living standards for working families. Number three, an NHS with the time to care. Number four, 
controls and immigration. Yeah. Uh, number five, a country where the next generation can do better than the last. And six, homes to buy and action on rents. Uh, round two. Jeremy Corbyn and the British press, summer 2015. This is five points altogether. So which pundit responded to the first poll putting Jeremy Corbyn ahead in the leadership election of summer 2015 by tweeting, people need to get a grip. Jeremy Corbyn is not going to be elected Labour leader. That was Dan Hodges, fucking dickhead. Question two, which Guardian columnist wrote on the 15th of June uh, 2015 that Liz Kendall has proved that there is a sizable level of support for Blairite politics? <laughs> <laughs> this was Martin Kettle, stupid dickhead. <laughs> Question three. How did the Times describe Jeremy Corbyn's bicycle? They described it as a Chairman Mao-style bicycle, the stupid dickhead. <laughs> Four. Which country did the Telegraph think Corbyn's economic policies would lead the UK to resemble? Uh, this question, which, uh, Juliet, I think I really do agree with this fundamentally, she said minus one point if you said Venezuela, and bang on, uh, because this is a country, you know, it doesn't get talked about as much as, you know, it maybe did in the mid-2000s, and there was a big kind of Mugabe scare, yeah, Zimbabwe, come on. Zanu PF, guys. Uh, five, in their dystopian short story... A thousand days that destroyed Britain. Imagining the first three years of the Corbyn government, who did the Mail on Sunday think would be Corbyn's chief of staff? Now, it wasn't Mr. Seamus Moon. In March, the spokesman for the leader of the opposition, Mr. Seamus Mill, was quoted as saying two journalists that you have the milk that is taken from cows in the south and taken from cows in the north it was owen jones and juliet has written that the mail also imagined that one direction would go on a u.s tour and never return to the uk and that the uk would eventually be rescued by new pm boris johnson whoa ah, boris johnson becoming pm fucking stupid dickheads that's never gonna happen round three hashtag pig gate five points number one which newspaper sorry just to just to go back a, a minute I forgot to call the Telegraph stupid dickheads in question four. Round three, hashtag piggate, five points. Number one, which newspaper broke the story that David Cameron, the leader of the Conservative Party and Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, once had sex with a pig while at Oxford University to get into a weird secret society for poshos? That was for Daily Mail. Number two. Which Tory lord wrote the book that made the revelation? That was Lord Ashcroft. Number three, which journal... Although, actually, you get a point if, as somebody in the audience did, you, you, you said some dickhead to that question. Uh, number three, which journalist co-wrote the book with Ashcroft? That was Isabel Oakshot. So, you know it was true. <laughs> uh, four... What was the name of the secret society that Cameron had hoped to join? 
That was, of course, the Piers Gaveston Society, uh, one for all the uh, Derek Jarman, Edward II uh, fans out there. Um, question five. See, we're a film podcast. Five. All right, uh, this is kind of a film question as well, but it's one I spoil on stage, so my kind of pre-question banter really kind of rendered this question redundant. It was which television programme had previously run a storyline in which the Prime Minister has has to have sex with a pig. I remembered it as a as a consensual thing. I may have been thinking of the um for David Cameron having sex with a pig video that I have in my possession that uh, if anybody fancies giving me, say, you know, million pounds for um you you, you can masturbate to that as well picture round brexit art name the artist anish kapoor jeremy della eu supergirl brackets madalina k david shrigley wolfgang tillmans banksy and michael landy were the people so all the people listening at home um <laughs> that's the answers to the picture round <laughs> round three uh, Owen Smith's leadership campaign. All right, let's dig in. Question one. Angela Eagle and Owen Smith were briefly in the race at the same time. Behind the scenes bit here, there was another question about Angela Eagle. It was about Peter Mandelson and Chris Leslie camping out in her office, as one news story at the time said. Anyway, Angela Smith and Owen... Angela Smith's a different person. And Owen Eagle and... Angela Eagle and Owen Smith were briefly in the race at the same time. What did Smith claim set him apart from Corbyn's other challenger? This was, of course, that he was a normal man. Unlike... Oh my god, right, so because we lost the recording of us doing the answers bit, we don't have me doing a Welsh accent for multiple answers to a baffled and possibly offended audience but went very quiet in those sections although I should say nobody came up and said anything to me about it after the show probably because nobody wanted to speak to me after my, my unspeakable Welsh voice uh, right but uh, yeah basically Owen Smith said he was a normal man unlike the <laughs> wait no that, that's a bit I wrote not something Owen Smith said unlike the openly gay eagle Smith claimed I am normal I have a wife and three children. He was like, I'm glad you think I'm normal. Uh, to, to some interviewer who, for whatever reason, was like, oh, so right, you're a normal man, aren't you? <laughs> Great line of questioning. British media really speaking truth to power. Anyway, question two. What was the name of the man to whom Corbyn was alleged to have confessed at the Maison Don Philippe Tapas restaurant in South London to voting leave in the 2016 EU referendum? Uh, as uh, my banter at the show here was this one's for all my fellow George Eaton fans because I believe George was the one who broke this story uh, the answer of course was Martin Waplington <laughs> what? oh Martin where art thou <laughs> it's been a, a, there's a, a, a gaping Waplington shaped hole in politics right now um, question three how did Labour MP Conor McGinn allege that Corbyn threatened to retaliate to his public criticisms of his leadership? Uh, McGinn alleged that Corbyn threatened to call his dad a former Sinn Féin councillor on him. Uh, he, he sort of the way he said it, just it's sort of like he kind of like shopped his own dad out as being in the IRA and suggested that 
you know, him and Corbin knew each other from, like, being the Raw together. Anyway, uh, question four. Uh, Owen Smith quickly adopted Corbin's policy of banning zero-hour contracts, but what did he suggest replacing zero-hour contracts with? This was one-hour contracts. I repeat, one-hour contracts. Not exploitative at all. There's one hour. As long as there's an hour. Smith, however, was willing to break with Corbin on some key policy areas, which, I've got to rephrase this because Juliet made it much more concise and funny, uh, which group uh, did Smith say that he would negotiate with to solve the, uh, you know, you know, attain peace in the Middle East? Uh, it was ISIS. <laughs> the Labour leadership challenger, Owen Smith, has suggested that so-called Islamic State will eventually be brought into peace talks if the violence in Syria comes to an end. He made the comments during a televised BBC debate with Jeremy Corbyn, but the Labour leader insisted there was no place for IS at the negotiating table. Here's our political correspondent, Chris Mason. This was a debate that was often tense, even angry, but it was on foreign policy that Mr Smith showed how sometimes politicians trip themselves up. Would he ever be willing to talk to so-called Islamic State? My view is that ultimately all solutions to these sorts of crises, these sorts of international crises, do come about through dialogue. So eventually, if we are to try and solve this, all of the actors do need to be involved. But at the moment, ISIL are clearly not interested in negotiating. Okay. All right. As soon as the programme finished, I asked Mr Smith, what exactly did you mean by that? But nobody's suggesting that you know we're going to be able to bring ISIS round the table right now. They are a they are a, a, a murderous organisation. What we're talking years, decades until I don't, I don't know. I mean, we don't know, do we? We would all hope that it happens quickly. It was a reminder for Mr. Smith of just how carefully you have to choose your language if one day you'd like to be prime minister. <laughs> My original question was some long-winded shit about the Bob Crow Brigade. Um, six. For one point each, which alliterative trio of things, every time I hear that turn of phrase, I want to stab myself with a fucking fork, uh, did Smith tweet, which alliterative trio of things, alliterative trio, alliterative trio of things, alliterative trio of things, which alliterative trio of things did Smith tweet that he and his wife would be enjoying on their wedding anniversary? This was steak, salad, and Spotify, and my salad... Although, as I said before, you get no points for this. For salad was what he said he wouldn't actually eat because it was mamby-pamby middle-class shit. Uh, seven. How many inches long did Smith tell a crowd at one of his rallies that his penis was? Uh, it was 29. Uh, Juliet rephrased that, but, you know, you know, it referred to the penis size incident. Um, eight. What did Smith tell the Daily Mirror showed him to be a proven winner? A born leader. It was that he was uh, for, he, he had fought off hundreds of lads at school to pull his wife. Uh, Smith told the mirror, uh, one thousand two hundred boys, three girls, and I pulled Liz. So I must have something going on. That must be leadership. Uh, I couldn't find any evidence of him actually saying I beat off a thousand boys. I'm sorry. I tried. I really tried. I should have just fabricated it. Nine. Before entering politics, Smith worked for the pharmaceutical giant Pfizer. Which Pfizer product did Smith assure the BBC that he personally had no need for? And that was Viagra, of course. He's got a big dick and it works. Ten. Finally, 
What did Smith claim was the smoking gun that proved once and for all that momentum were the modern day answer to divisive 1980s Trotskyist sect, the militant tendency? It was that momentum and militant both begin with the letter M. Smith's exact words were, Momentum is not terribly subtle. Creating a big M at the front of their name should give the game away. Right, round four is Tim Farron. Soon after becoming leader in 2015, Farron claimed that his Twitter account had been hacked. The alleged hacker had tweeted the British Humanist Association, isn't it? I've written society here, to tell them that homosexuality is indeed curable, as most sexual disorientations are caused by chemical leaching. Which two types of creature did the tweet claim had fallen victim to the homosexualizing process of chemical leaching? This was... The fish and the frogs, of course. Cue, I don't want no fluoride in the water, baby. What was the name of the so-called Gay Cure Charity from whom Farron was revealed in 2012 to have sourced interns? This was CARE. Can't be asked to look up what it stands for. They're fucking, they're a gay cure charity, man. What, what, what more do you need to know? Why do you Question three. During the 2017 election, Lib Dem candidate Susan King was asked to defend Farron's controversial views on whether or not controversial, on whether or not gay sex is a sin. How did she put minds at rest over the issue? Uh, she told the Shropshire Star that chemicals in the water were turning people gay. So <laughs> broadened it out from the animal kingdom into, you know, humans. Uh, yeah, I love that shit. Like, Susan King, what a legend. Like, how are there so many of these people? What the fuck? Uh, there's at least one other Lib Dem weirdo obsessed with water fluoridation, too. I can't remember his name. Um, four. What provoked a senior Lib Dem source to say of Farron, which bit of the sanctimonious, god-bothering, treacherous little shit is there not to like? Uh, this was his rebellions against the Lib Dem whip on right-wing coalition policies such as tuition fees and the bedroom tax. So, I mean, in my view, when, we, when it comes to the uh, sins of Tim Farron, pun intended, it's pretty low down the list, but uh, yeah, alright, whatever. If, I guess if you're a tribal Lib Dem. Uh, five. Why was Farron... Imagine being a tribal Lib Dem. <laughs> Stupid dickheads. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, 
five. Why was Farron famously pictured holding a bottle of milk? Milk! With a look of pure agony on his face. It was, according to Farron, a campaign with parliamentary candidates about dairy slash milk prices. So, yeah, it's kind of a boring answer, really. It's fun. The pictures are funnier out of context. It was because he just really likes milk. Okay, that same as the Mike Gapes milk speech. It's just because he really likes milk. That's funnier. Uh, it's the truth if we want it to be. Round five. Change UK the independent group. One. Which independent group MP had to apologise for saying something racist on BBC TV within three hours of the group's launch? That was obviously Angela Smith. Two. How did the independent group react to accusations of racism the next day? They said that they were a coordinated smear campaign. Uh, three. When criticised on Twitter, Mike Gapes will invariably ask... It's not the same without the audience clapping whenever I say his name. Happens at every fucking left event, you know. Mike Gapes, anyway, when criticised on Twitter, will invariably ask his detractors what the weather is like in which Russian city. And of course the answer to this is... What's the weather like in St. Petersburg this time of year, comrade? How did, this question of four, the head of Gavin Shooker's CLP respond when asked about the MP's resignation from Labour? He said that Shooker will be utterly annihilated and confined to the dustbin of history where he belongs. Uh, and also, though you don't get any points for this, he called him a, a political minnow, and um, you do get one point for anything involving dustbin of history. Well, we're disappointed, but we're not surprised, and it's apt that Gavin is one of these seven dwarfs who've resigned today because he's a political minnow. We look forward to him calling a by-election where he will be annihilated by the official Labour Party candidate and consigned to the dustbin of history where he belongs. Five. How did Chukaramuna respond to criticisms of the party's branding, including its frequent name changes and inability to settle on a colour? He called it Westminster Bubblespeak. I believe his exact words were like, God! Re really, guys? C come on! That's, that's the old Westminster way! God! Mum? Um... How did, this is question six, former interim cuck leader, uh, former interim cuck tig leader, uh, Heidi Allen, refer to the independent group's HQ? She called it Tigger Towers. I mean, fuck off. Uh, seven. What happened to the independent group's original Twitter account when they changed their handle to at for change underscore now? Uh, it got hijacked by Brexit supporters who changed the cover photo to just like, HARD BREXIT NOW! <laughs> um, question 8. Which famous atheist was declined a place on Cucktig's slate for the European elections? Uh, no, I, I don't know if James Ball is an atheist, so no, it's not him, although he was, of course, denied a place on Cucktig's slate for the European elections. The answer to this was Richard Dawkins, so, you know, get your little jars of honey out. Question 9. How many Cucktig EU candidates were stood down for racist comments within the first... 24 hours of their announcement uh actually we changed this to 48 to make sure it was accurate but it was two 
I think it might have been three actually. Uh, sorry if that was, you know, false news, but it is a a, a long, fine and noble desinformatia tradition. Um, ten. Since their acrimonious and very funny split a few days ago, how many MPs now comprise the independent group and how many change UK? So at the time of recording, the answer was six in independent parliamentary grouping, the independent group, and five in new centrist party, change UK. And of course, now change UK are called, hang on, let me get this, the independent group for change. And it's a 50-50 split. Five MP is a piece because Chukaramuna has joined the Lib Dems. <laughs> Stupid dickhead. And uh, the Lib Dems let Chukaramuna join. <laughs> Stupid dickheads. Uh, and then, of course, we had a question 11, which, as you could hear from the recording, was very controversial with sections of the audience, especially when I tried to make a very funny joke about uh, uh, lists like a thousand and one albums you want to hear before you die. That is pretty much it. I was just saying it was like that. Um, question 11. After they announced their departure from Change UK, which TIG turncoats did Mike Stalin Gapes crudely crop out of his cover photo on Twitter? The answer was Chukaramuna and Sarah Wollaston. But I love all that shit. Gapes has got a new, less crude kind of cover photo now with just him and the the other melts who are still in uh, um, uh, the independent group for change. Uh, wait, so I, I thought that the other group was the independent group. Maybe they're just an independent group, a group of independents? Okay, um, alright, so then basically we had a bonus round which we didn't end up doing even though I think we should have done it because it's really funny. So here we go, I'm gonna do this all now and I'll leave very brief pauses for you to try and guess the answers. Uh, okay, so here we go, this is a basically a, round, a whole round about centrist foodstuffs. So alright, get your pencils out at home. Here we go. Uh, in 2016 it was revealed that Question one. In 2016, it was revealed that Labour's Conference Arrangements Committee had refused to allow McDonald's a stall at the party's annual conference. In his impassioned op-ed for the New Statesman, defending the multinational corporation's honour, where did Blairite backbencher Wes Streeting claim Corbyn Easters would rather eat than McDonald's? Now, leave you a second to get that. TikTok. The answer was trendy falafel bars. Alright, question two. And you have the milk that is taken from cows in the south and taken from cows in the north and put together in the same factory and then it is mixed together with whiskey and it comes out as... So Mike Gapes told Parliament in an iconic 2017 speech. But what? Did he complain this combination of whiskey and southern and northern milk comes out as? I don't, I don't think I need to leave that long for real politic listeners to get that one. But come on, guys, think. The answer was, of course, Bailey's. Minus one point 
for milk. I'm sorry. I don't make the rules, although I did write this round completely by myself. Maybe that's why it wasn't up to using. Anyway, enough of a, a crisis of confidence. Question three. In a restaurant review for The Telegraph, what did the eating establishment offer for the paper's parliamentary sketch writer and, of course, former Zoo magazine contributor, oi, 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 Michael Deacon, say that you can't get a more Corbynista-friendly pledge than? Uh, the answer here was free hummus. Yeah, I, I, no one's going to fucking get that. Who the fuck reads Michael Deacon? Uh, a restaurant review by Michael Deacon. It's not even what he does. It's not even his job. It's like some podcast dickhead trying to do a quiz. Four. Anyway, kind of a trick question here as it refers back to the previous two non-gapes questions. Which two types of food, Jeremy Corbyn's son and cannabis entrepreneur Tommy, joke in 2017 that he was going to stack Jeremy Corbyn's victory party with when he becomes Prime Minister? Come on, come on guys. It was hummus and falafel. Uh, five. How did our friend Owen Smith refer to a cappuccino when he ordered one during his first Guardian interview as a Labour leadership candidate? It was frothy coffee, obviously. In a dainty little mug. Six. What objection did then-new statesman, deputy editor, or associate edi uh, editor, or whatever she was, Helen Lewis, express on Twitter and then quickly delete to the political insult, gammon? Trust me guys, the answer to this question is going to be really fucking tight, it's going to be, like, totally worth the wait, like, hold on to your seats right here, because this answer, it, it's one for the ages, that's what I'm saying. She said that it was classist, people aren't being called pastrami slash parma ham slash Brezola, are, is that how you say it? Or whatever. Are they? She elaborated. Uh, well, it's just, it's just stupid, isn't it? What a ridiculous thing to say. Seven. Whether you have a red cake with great big red cherries or a blue cake with great big blue cherries, the fact is you will not be able to eat that cake. So Mike Gapes told Parliament in an iconic 2018 speech. But what, in Gapes' typically convoluted metaphor, did the red and blue cakes represent? 
again, real politic listeners tend to kind of be like gapes aficionados, so you probably like will know about this one. Uh, well, you might have just heard our kind of like out of context thing where it just starts going on about milk again, uh, which, if anything, is probably closer to what he actually meant. Whether you have a red cake or a blue cake, a red cake with great big red cherries or a blue cake with great big blue cherries. The fact is, you will not be able to eat that cake because you have the milk. But, uh, yeah, no, the, the Labour and Conservative parties were what the cakes represented and their positions on Brexit. Uh, I guess the positions on Brexit with the cherries... Pro- uh, eight Labour grandee Lord Watts branded Corbyn supporters London-centric mansion owners in 2016. But that wasn't all he said. What did he accuse Corbynites of eating? He called them croissant-eating London-centric mansion owners in 2016. So, yeah. I and mean, we wanted to get something about Zach Goldsmith not knowing a single... Uh, Bollywood film when he said he loved Bollywood as well. I'm a Bollywood fan, so anything with a Bollywood theme, I'm lucky I will lap it up. You say you're a Bollywood fan. Do you have a favourite actor or a favourite Bollywood film? Oh no, you're you're gonna. I I wouldn't be able to. No, I'm not gonna give you one. I can't think. I can't think of a favourite. Think of a single Bollywood film or actor. I I I can think of. I can't think of a favourite. I love the. I love the whole. I love almost everything about Bollywood. I love the atmosphere. I love the colour, I love the excitement, I want as much Bollywood as possible here in London. There is a link, a lot of Bollywood happens in London. It's a big part of our economy, it's a growing part of our economy, it's a good thing. That's pretty much all the written material that we have together for the Real Politic Pub Quiz. I can't believe I've talked for half an hour now. At least I ain't gone for as long as for live recording, so it's mostly not just me uh, talking to myself. But yeah, Real Politic Pub Quiz with special guest Juliet Jakes. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you to the organisers at Southampton Transformed for having us and to the audience at Southampton Transformed for being such good sports, participating in our impossible quiz. Uh, and uh, thank you to you guys at home who've been listening to this of course take it easy folks we hope you enjoyed listening to this uh, including like hearing what a really really quiet live screening of a Mike Gapes video sounds like uh, so yeah dig it well I'm, gl- I'm, I'm glad you think I'm normal I am normal uh, you know I'm Grew up in a normal household. I've got a wife and three children. My wife's a primary school teacher. I've been in Parliament for a couple of years now, six years. And before that, I had two or three other jobs in business and in politics and advising on the peace process in Northern Ireland. And I think I can bring that normality, that sense of what our communities want. I live in the patch where I grew up and I represent it, and I'm very proud of that. Patterns in the skies and patterns on the streets Patterns in the way you meet the people that you meet In the darkness of your eyes see things occur Life go on until the tables turn And then you learn 
Manhattan's in the palm of each and every hand And don't forget those ripples in the sea The wave of sun rises on the city And finally This land was made for you and me But the pattern throughout history Is they say change is coming You just gotta wait Then whenever it comes your way It's just a little too late Crazy patents at heaven's gate Patents in the dirt and in the passions of man Patents in the tar sands where they mutilate the land And in the acts of God from faith to faith For it's written that he giveth and he takes And for his sake Crazy patterns for his grave And in the hazy shadows of an early dawn Strung out and splayed across the lawn It's exciting, it's young people, it's crowdsourcing.